Today we go a little further than Australia and New Zealand to meet our next guest, Cindy Owen. Cindy is the Director of Clinical Insights and Development for Point of Care Ultrasound at GE Healthcare and is joining us all the way from Arkansas in the United States. Hi, Cindy. It's an absolute pleasure to have you join us today on the POCUS podcast. Thanks for making the time to chat today. You're welcome. Thanks a lot for asking me. I'm looking forward to talking with you. Let's start with telling us a little bit about yourself and your role at GE. Sure. So I'm a sonographer. I've been in the field for quite some time, at least over 30 years. I worked in Memphis and I used to run uh, the ultrasound department at Baptist Hospital and I ran a school for a while there, founded that and enjoyed doing a lot of teaching. And uh, then I ran my own business where I did some consulting and lecturing and I was very involved in on the board of directors for SDMS and ICABL, which is the, the International Accreditation Association. And during that time, I started working in product development and uh, really caught my attention and inspired me to think about how to make the ultrasound products that you know I loved and used all the time to make them even better. So I did that for quite some time and GE approached me to come and work with them So I joined GE about 20 years ago, first as a consultant and then as an employee and worked in general imaging. Then I worked in research and managed the research area across all of ultrasound. And now I'm in point of care ultrasound. I'm the clinical insights and development leader where I lead a global team and partner with our engineers and product manager. And I have to say point of care ultrasound is so much fun and so inspiring and uh, just such an enjoyable place to be. I too share your passion for point of care ultrasound too, Cindy. It's exciting. It's rapidly evolving. It's the place to be. I'm curious to know what inspires you when you're developing new products? Uh, it's a good question. Um, but I, you know, I, two things. One is the patient's Uh, One of my favorite things just when I was a sonographer is actually just caring for the patients and and seeing them at their most vulnerable moments. So I wanted to build an ultrasound system that is really easy to use and allows clinicians to focus on the patient and not so much on knobology or how to use the ultrasound system. And then the more and more that I work with clinicians, with physicians, I know that unlike a sonographer, the ultrasound system for them is it's not just what they use every day. It's, it's just one of the many tools that they use. So it has to be something that's simple to use and help them get to a quick answer so that they can treat that patient. Yeah, I'm really inspired by both patients and the physicians. Yeah, great, great. Let's talk a little bit about artificial intelligence or AI. It's one of the fastest growing trends in medicine right now and also a core technology of the venue family of ultrasound machines. Can you tell us a little bit about why this came to be? Sure. Well, when I when I started working in point of care ultrasound, it was with Paul Mullen, and he's an inspirational leader. He brought me on and gave me the mission to do something uh, that was different, which was really exciting. He wanted me to really get to know emergency and critical care physicians, understand their problems deeply, because he wanted us to build a totally different type of ultrasound system, not one that just had more bells and whistles or had a bigger monitor or, uh, you know, a new this or that, but really something that solved a clinical problem. And for me, this was so inspiring. Uh, so uh, I partnered with our chief engineer, Nahi Hallman, and he and I 
uh, met with, I, I don't even know how many physicians, so many physicians across the globe to really get to hear what their clinical problems were, to uh, observe how they scan so that we could do that observational research that's so important to let you have insight into what the issues they're facing every day. And then uh, with all of that, um, what we decided to do after you know all of those interviews and obser observations was to build what's called the Shock Toolkit. And that was the first AI that we had on the Vinny family. And that Shock Toolkit had three main tools. We called it the Auto VTI, Auto B Lines, and Auto IVC. And these were key areas uh, that um, really were involved in patients who were critically ill and physicians who had these patients who would present in shock and need to quickly find out what is the source of the shock, what's causing that patient to deteriorate rapidly. And so with these tools, they could get to um, the, the key clinical areas very quickly and you know, find a resolution for it. And uh, this was all based on uh, kind of a, the RUSH protocol uh, loosely and other uh, protocols to look at uh, ultrasound to help uh, find the problem with those patients in shock. And so with that, we developed those AI tools. And uh, that was just the very beginning of our, of our journey down this road. Yeah, great, great. Well, we've had these auto tools that you speak, and speak of on the venue for a little while now. I think the venue's been out. Um, a couple of years. Um, how have these been received globally by our customers? And has, has anything surprised you in the uptake or, or, or the comments from, from customers? Yeah, I think the, the adoption has been really fantastic. Um, we got a lot of, a lot of interest, a lot of, um, <laughs> a lot of copying of our tools, but uh, we actually had, uh, we've had so much uh, feedback from the physicians who are using them. Uh, they come to us with new ideas all the time. So that's uh, always inspiring because if you just build something and put it out there and then no one comes back to you to say, hey, you know what? We also have this problem. What do you think about helping us to solve this? Uh, and it's always more than we can tackle at a time. So we have to be, um, you know, use a lot of discretion on how we're going to spend our time and energy, you know, and money to really come up with uh, new solutions for all of these different problems that they bring to us. But uh, the adoption has been so good that, you know, we, we get these requests, you know, quite commonly. But I think maybe what's been most surprising to me is, you know, with, with the current pandemic that we're, we've all been facing, none of us saw COVID happening and, you know, that it was, that it was going to come and how important building a system like the Vinny family uh, the venue and venue go um, are to this because, you know, not only did we build those with the AI tools, we built them to be very cleanable and to be right in that critical situation in the emergency and critical care. Early on, if I, if I can just share a little bit of a story about what surprised me, uh, early on in, in COVID, I was doing a webinar with um, the three physicians from the China critical care group, and they were telling me how they were using um, the venue and the auto tools in critical care. And they told me about dressing up in the PPE and, you know, how stressful it was and how hot it was and how much it, um, how tired they would be after, you know, working with these patients all of that time. And this was early in COVID when, 
you know, they didn't really know for sure what they were facing or how to deal with it. And they, they actually thanked me for working on this. What they told me is that the tools really saved their energy during this time. Sometimes it's a thankless task behind the scenes, but uh, I bet you it felt really good to, uh, to, to have that, that sort of instant recognition about a product to make it, making a difference uh, and having an impact right there and then. That's fantastic. Is it a bit like having a favourite child? What's your favourite AI tool on the venue? <laughs> yeah, I guess in a way it is. I think all of the tools that we have are, are very important in, in their particular area, and they all come together to help, you know, with the critical patient, which is uh, when time matters most. But for me, I think the area that's of most interest is really the lung, because it's something that when I was as a sonographer, we only looked at pleural effusion in the lung. You know, we didn't, you know, I was always taught that, you know, you really can't see anything in the lung because it's full of air. Well, we know now that that's totally wrong, that ultrasound is a wonderful tool for the lung. And so the the auto B lines and the lung diagram, the lung ultrasound score that um, actually allows us to trend patients over time and see if their lung condition is deteriorating or, you know, hopefully improving. Uh, that's really my favorite area to work. And then uh, now the very latest member of of those lung tools is actually um, the lung sweep. And this is a very rapid way where we can uh, look at the entire lung and map it out so that a physician can actually see that all together and uh, almost like looking at a chest X-ray. So they get a quick picture of the entire lung and they can see, you know, how many, uh, are there a lot of B lines? Is the plural irregular? Are there consolidations? And then they can follow that patient up over time and, and uh, we've just gotten fantastic feedback from having that ability to, to see that picture globally of the entire lung. Sounds very exciting. Can't wait to get my hands on it. <laughs> what do you say to those out there that are a bit hesitant about embracing AI tools? You know, there is a little bit of uh, pushback from, from some areas. What do you say to them? Yeah, I, I guess I would say is that, you know, they were built to really make your life easier, to really let you focus on the patient and not so much on the ultrasound system. So to try it for yourself, you know, each tool actually comes with the quality indicator and that quality indicator is going to give you the indication as to how much you should, you should trust the results of that tool. So it's a very Simple, red, yellow, and green. So you know if uh, if it's red, either you don't have the view you need or the settings you need in order to get um, a usable answer. If it's green, then you know that you're really good to go. And of course, yellow is somewhere in the middle. But uh, really to, you know, to get out there and just get your hands on it and give it a try and know that there is that safety margin to, uh, of quality indicators to let you know just how much you should trust the results in any particular situation. And also to know that, um, you know, the, the tools are really developed in partnership with many physicians and many hours of talking with them and discussing with them. And then with many, I don't even know how many, but thousands of images uh, in our database that help guide our AI development and that, uh, you know, we very carefully test, we iterate, and then, of course, validate the results. Yeah, I think uh, that advice about just get your hands on it and, and let the tools do the talking, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that'll, that'll uh, convert a lot of the people out there that are a bit hesitant. 
I suspect that you spend a lot of time investigating both the current and future state of POCUS. What do you think the biggest challenges are and what would you like to solve? Oh, there's so many more things that we want to do. There are a lot of challenges still out there. And I think the current pandemic has really, or, you know, brought a lot of that to light that there's still so much more to do. And I already talked about lung ultrasound and how uh, I think that's an area that's really ripe for more innovation. And so I think uh, that's something that I still want to focus on, still want to solve, you know, pulmonary problems. Uh, Because what we've learned is that by the signs that we see in the lung, those give us information about uh, patients in dialysis, like how how wet are their lungs. Uh, We know that patients can be dialyzed more accurately when we look at the beelines disappearing uh, and that the dry weight is really not that accurate. But lung also plays a a big role in heart failure, in uh, ARDS and rheumatology, many, many other areas. So I think there's just so much more to do with the lung and ultrasound, and that will um, bring us closer to the patients, but also, you know, remove us from uh, using so much radiation. You know, it's not always necessary to take a patient for a CT or a chest X-ray when you could just look at it with ultrasound. You heard it here first, everybody. Watch this space. Let's fast forward 10 years. I know that we don't have crystal balls, but where do you see the world, <laughs> the world of POCUS going? Gosh, I think the sky's really the limit. Uh, in POCUS, uh, there's, just like I was saying with the emergency and critical care physicians who are coming to us with more and more ideas, anesthesiologists coming to us with ideas, I think it's going to go, we're going to see POCUS in the hands of all kinds of different clinicians from, you know, dermatology and dialysis and vet and dental <laughs> sleep disorders. It's amazing. You know, there's there's no end to where ultrasound can be used to help. Uh, and it's, it's so safe. And it's, you know, something that you just can get your hands on and start learning with it. So I, I also think that we'll probably start seeing more and more uh, ultrasound in the home. Uh, by the consumers. And, you know, now that we have such fantastic bandwidth with 5G, you know, where consumers can actually send or patients can actually send uh, images to their physicians, maybe uh, maybe transducers that are in all kinds of shapes that would allow a patient to actually easily scan themselves um, without having to, you know, be really particular about placing the probe very carefully in a certain way or holding it in a certain way. Uh, because transducer technology is going to evolve and become even more flexible. But who knows where it will go from here. I think it's uh, the next 10 years are going to be very, very exciting in the world of ultrasound and POCUS. Yeah, I can't imagine uh, what it's going to be like. The last 10 years have been incredible with just the explosion of technology. So, yeah, you're right. I think it's uh, just going to accelerate even more. So I'll be very excited to see where we end up. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. Thank you very much for joining us today, Cindy. Uh, It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Your insights have been really, really incredible. So um, I can only thank you enough for for taking the time out of your busy schedule to talk to us today. Oh, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. The POCUS podcast is proudly presented by GE Healthcare. Opinions expressed in these episodes are solely the guest's own and not necessarily express the views and opinions of GE Healthcare.